Welcome to Find the Magic, the podcast that will help you honor yourself, your kids, and your partner. We'll give you tips and strategies to create peace and authenticity within your family. We inhale a ridiculous amount of books and life tools and distill the information for you. I'm Terilyn Griffin. I'm Caitlin Gabriel. And I'm Felicia Allen. Let's find the magic together. What's up, you guys? Roger Jessup here with the Utah House Doctors. So you just bought your nice new house, and what happens when something goes wrong or something breaks? We have you covered. We have vetted several contractors, whether it be from a break in your sprinkler lines or your kid punched a hole in the wall and you just need a handyman. You have access to these people by following our page, and these are people that we know and trust. Hey everyone, this is Tara Lynn, and I would just like to give a personal thank you to everybody who has left us a review. They are so kind. I seriously get like teared up when I read them. Um, one of my most current favorites is from a mom. She says that our podcast came out about when her first baby was born and she listened to our episodes on every walk that she'd go on. And she felt like she had like her best friends walking with her. So I just want to let you guys know that um, we've had a lot of people say that we feel like they feel like we are their friends. And I want you guys to know that we think about you guys all the time as our listeners, and we I totally feel like you're our friends as well. So I just want to thank you for leaving us a review and let you know it is so helpful for us and our podcast success when you do leave us a kind review. So thank you. Um, if you are willing to leave us one, you just go to search Find the Magic on Apple Podcasts, and then you scroll to the bottom of the page and leave a review, and then you make sure you push send after you leave the review and give us a rating. Thank you so, so much, and hope you have a beautiful day. All right, I'm going to start us off with a face palm today, and that is I've gotten into a pretty bad habit of wearing, so we live in Utah, it's snowy, it's cold and I'm in this habit of wearing like warm socks with like slip-on slide sandals. Mm -hmm. It's not cute. It's classy. At all. (laughs) It doesn't go with any outfit. I know the teenagers are doing it but that doesn't make it right. (laughs) I see them and I think that's not cute but it's addicting (laughs) because you don't have to put shoes on but it's in the winter. My feet are just as warm. Well, it's weird. As long as it's dry. And it's an easy takeoff when you get to your destination. Yes. Yeah. Oh, so we'll be going somewhere. I'm like, well, I'm just going to take my shoes off, so I might as well just wear slip-ons. Especially for us, because I feel <laughs> like wherever we go, it's like five minutes away, and it's usually one of our houses. I know. So it's like, eh, yeah, just slip them what's off. What's the point? Have you ever tried it with, well, I call them flip-flops, but to describe, I'm talking about thongs. Like, that kind of goes between your toe. Have you ever done that with socks? Oh, it takes the class up a whole other level. You should try it out. But I feel like Cameron's been on that train for a while, so I don't even really think about it. Like, oh, so I'm like, I totally good. support that, but I get it. It's not like the the best looking look, but I, I can I can get behind that. When I get somewhere with it, I feel when I get in public, I feel not good about it. <laughs> I've started well, and you come to the yoga studio with me, right? So yeah, it's so you have to take off your shoes. Yeah. I've started with socks. I have like flats, cute flats, my little Rothies <laughs> yeah. that are, you know, made of recycled plastic and you can throw them in the washer. So I love them. Yeah. 
but I started wearing with ankle socks because I'm going somewhere <laughs> where I want the socks. And it is maybe more hideous than the flip-flop, than the slip-ons, because at least those, yeah, like teenagers wear those. What I'm doing is not worn by anybody. Okay, hold on. So I'm wearing moccasins and ankle socks right now. <laughs> so I don't even think this is a problem. Group, group baseball. <laughs> Clearly we're not the right people to talk about when it comes to wearing fashionable shoes out outdoors. Mother, if you hear us. Oh, we're in trouble. Plug your ears. I'm sorry. (laughs) That's where the guilt comes from. You taught us better. I know. (laughs) My mom has like the biggest shoe collection ever and they are all so darling. Gorgeous. And they match. She would never do any of this. No. It was a big faux pas. But she accepts us and we we appreciate that acceptance. Thank you. Um, Well, I love that. Mine is also, mine's actually a facepalm. Mine is to naps. So I, my little boy has probably over the last month or two has kind of been like a little bit on and off with naps. Like he probably naps, I don't know, maybe like 60% of the time. I don't know, maybe more. And again, he actually still does go in his crib and it's not like he cries in his crib. He actually just kind of like chills in there. So for the most part, it actually... It doesn't really affect me that much because if I need a nap, he just, you know, he's just having fun and doing his thing. And I think it's like a good, it is a good quiet time. I think he like needs a little brain reset. But it's kind of weird because I thought that it was like a sleep regression because they say that can happen around 18 months. It's not coming back. But it's like, yeah, it's been a while now. So I don't know if anybody has any thoughts on that. Maybe if I'm like, am I doing something like wrong or differently that I should be? Because it's like. It's just weird that he has been so off with them. I know you guys kind yeah. of watched him. He took naps yeah. at your houses, right? He stayed at my house for a few days while Caitlin was in Florida. And I would say he's such a good sleeper at night. And that he is staying in his bed during nap time. Just just roll trust with that. that it's working. Because, I mean, it's not like you can do anything to make him sleep. It's like you give him yeah. the environment and then just let it go. So that's kind of what I've been going with. But it's kind of, I think it's more just puzzling. Like, I'm like, what Does is he get grumpy bef- at night? So most of the time, I feel like... He doesn't really seem that affected by it, but just two days ago, there he did have, like, it was clear that it was like, oh, he needs to go to sleep, and there's, mm. like, a lot, a lot of emotion happening that I think was due to the no nap, but for the most mm. part, like, you wouldn't even really know that he mm. hasn't napped. He kind of just acts, he acts the same. Yeah. yeah. Everything you, you do with preparing him for bed, I mean, you have all the healthy sleep habits, so I wouldn't worry about it. Okay, well... Yeah. Thank you. I'll, I'll roll with that then. Thank Take you. that off your list of things to worry about. <laughs> Never is the same though. Yeah. The quiet time it versus the, the nap. I just, yeah. And when he was in my house, he took, was taking like four hour naps. So to lose any nap would be tragic actually. Yeah, seriously. And that's not to say, again, he still does nap. It's just like, like every other day he doesn't. And it's just, it's again, it's more puzzling. It's like, yeah. what's going on here? Interesting. But, yeah. Anyway. Totally. Hmm. Okay, well, my high five is connected to shoes, but the high five goes to my husband, Jeffrey, who blew my mind last week, guys. I cannot tell you, this may, I mean, I'm still like reeling over this. So do you guys remember a few episodes ago, I, my face palm was that I broke my favorite clear sandals. I call them jalopies. I've had them since high school. I mean, like, I love them with all my heart and they broke and I was so overly sad about this. Well... First of all, high five that he was even listening to my the episode. He listened. He heard that I broke them. And then he scoured the internet to find the exact same kind. Like, I had looked on Amazon and I couldn't find any. He just took the extra time to, like, really dig deep. Found the same kind. Like, even with the little, like, sparkles in them. Oh. And he ordered me, guys, 
10 pairs of them. <laughs> oh my gosh. That is such a joke. <laughs> set for life. He got, and he got two, like two different kinds, the kinds, and he got like a couple of just, just clear without the little sparkles in it. Cause he's like, I wanted you to have the ones you loved, but he's like, I also saw these ones and they're even closer to bare feet because they're totally clear. And so, yeah, he, oh. in front of the kids, he like brings out and he's just 10 pairs of jalopies for me. So that'll last me what, like two Three more decades. Yeah. So probably. Yeah. I think I'm set. <laughs> That's set for life. Isn't that so sweet? So now every time I wear them, I now think I have my jalopies back and think how much I love Jeff. How sweet is that? Oh, Jeff, so like cute. so Good thoughtful. Work. So high five to you, Jeffrey, for listening and finding them. That's awesome. For both. That's he awesome. is such a gift magnifier. Gifts or we'll say bring drinks to a party and he'll bring like Ten times more than any other normal human would bring. And yeah. 50 flavors and yeah. just magnifies. He's spectacular at that. That's true. Yeah. All right, so we are adding a fun little section to the podcast. We're going we're gonna to test it out. It might stay. It might sometimes be here. It might sometimes not because we're in charge. But <laughs> <laughs> we're the bosses here. <laughs> we're the boss. We had a listener question to share... Um, like do a book dump of our favorite books, but we thought why not just add if there's anything we're really loving to each episode because, you know, we love to read. So the two, I'm going to share one book today and that is Think Like a Monk by Jay Shetty. Um, I love this book because Jay is talking about Buddhist concepts, but in a super easily digestible way. His voice is amazing. He's a really good storyteller. And I mean, there's not many books that I would say are in my top like must reads, but I would put this one up there. It's fantastic. And then I also wanted to share a podcast that I just started listening to that's called Hurry Slowly. Have you guys heard of it? No. But basically, it's all about finding more calm and clarity in each day th- through your work, but without feeling like a rush or um, not getting caught in like procrastination and overwork and like the fake busyness, mm. um, which those kind of things I'm all really dry- drawn to. So sh- it's, you know, it's like the concept of the striving um, that we talk about. Striving while satisfied? Yes. Hungry while full? Yes. Yeah, love it. That whole concept. <laughs> So many, so many good interviews. I'm loving it. Cool. It's a podcast? Podcast. Hurry slowly. Mm-hmm. Okay. Love <clears throat> it. Very cool. So my book that I wanted to share, so Terrell going to share another book that we are reading for a podcast in the future that's awesome. It's more of a parenting book. But I thought that I would share, and I'm, I'm also reading Think Like a Monk that Felicia mentioned. I'm loving it. It's so awesome. Um, and the narrator's fantastic. It's the author, and we were talking about it. We love his voice. It's great. Um, but the one that I'm going to give, cause sometimes I'm just such a, I love reading parenting books. I love self-help books, but sometimes I'm just such a sucker for like just a good entertaining read. Mm-hmm. So mine that I have read in the past six months, that's just <laughs> like, I feel like sometimes, especially, I don't know, with 2020, things get a little serious and I read a book and I didn't have to wait at all for it on the library and it's called Dad is Fat and it's by Jim Gaffigan, the comedian. Taryn listened to it too. So good. From my library. Oh, I've never heard of it. It is freaking hilarious. It is so funny. Like I find myself, because when I listen to it, you know, I'll listen to it while I'm walking around doing chores and whatever and I just laugh out loud. Like, I mean, probably every two minutes I'm like laughing about something and so sometimes it's just good to have a good laugh. And I don't think I'd ever listened to a book that was written by a comedian before. And so it really is just listening to, like, a comedy show for 
a few hours, you know, it's a book, so it's what, five hours long or something. So it's hilarious. And if you just need a good laugh, it's a totally different book that was that so, really and it's, good. it is actually hilarious because it's obviously called Dad is Fat, but it, it's mostly about parenting and like hilarious things that we do as parents or that we think as parents. So it's really good. It's good. Okay, I'm adding it to my list. Okay, what I'm reading right now is The Child Whisper, and we're going to be talking about it in a future episode along with Think Like a Monk. So the fun thing about Child Whisper by Carol Tuttle is that it is in my top five favorite parenting books of all time. So I've already read it twice. This is my third time through, but it's been maybe a couple of years. So I just love it because as I'm reading, I'm like every five seconds to Jeff, like, oh my gosh, I forgot how good this is. It's just so good. It's about embracing really who good. we are and who our children are and not forcing them into a different mold because, as we all know, trying to be somebody else is never as good as just trying to be ourselves. So I am so pumped about our future episode about that, but that's what I'm currently reading, and I am loving it. So the cool thing about this is if you ever want to read ahead before we talk about an episode, then talk about it on an episode, then now you know what we're reading. All you upholders out there. Yes. <laughs> yes. Okay, so today we're doing, we get kind of patterns of questions, and so today we're going to answer a few questions that kind of follow along the lines of things we get asked a lot, and we're also trying out something today. Most of the time, we, I mean, we hash it out ahead of time so much, and this morning, Felicia (laughs) wants to try you, we might have differing opinions on these guys, and you're just gonna see it. You're just Expose. gonna, yeah, you're just gonna hear as we kind of wrestle with these concepts. So, uh, this one is uh, we're actually sometimes we say the first name of the person or whatever name they give us, but this time we're not going to because it has to do with somebody that she knows closely. So we don't want to, you know, who's the confidentiality there. But here's the question. I have a question about my four-year-old's friendship with our neighbor girl who was five. I'll get straight to the point and say I don't like the way she plays with my daughter. My daughter adores this girl. I don't know if I'm being overly sensitive, but her friend is so bossy, and when they play with dolls, her characters are mean, bossy, and rude. She also has all of the girl dolls behave like mindless idiots and melt all over the boy dolls because they're so strong and handsome, (laughs) in quotes. I feel absolutely ridiculous typing this out. (laughs) The play is so shallow, and when my daughter and I play, I find her making her girl doll seem completely mindless and boy crazy and focusing only on the looks of the dolls as well. I don't want to control their play, but everything everything about it is not what I would ever hope my daughter would esteem as important. What can I do to help my daughter focus on more than just looks and trying to get a guy's attention in her doll play? Also, I'm good friends with this neighbor girl's mom. Please, please, that's why we didn't include the name. Please, please give some advice or just tell me I'm a lunatic for looking so deeply into doll play. Ha ha. Oh, guys. That's a lot. Um, I, I honestly, I mean, I think our, my first instinct as a mom is, yeah, like how she feels like you do want to step in when you see any sort of I mean, at least I think for me, I don't have girls, so I haven't seen, my boys don't do a lot of like acting out pretend play like that, but obviously there's all sorts of play that I feel like I want to step in on Mm -hmm. all the time. Rough play or especially like the mean, bossy, taking advantage of other kids, that kind of stuff. It's hard to watch as a parent, Um, 
but I think she's wise to be observing right mm-hmm. now mm-hmm. and not jumping in. And maybe she, maybe she will jump in at some point if it if you know it gets to a certain point. But I my advice would be to get curious about it, which you already have, and then bring that curiosity to your daughter. So if it were me, and I would say something like, hmm, it seemed like, you know, today when you guys were playing dolls, I saw you guys playing this, this, and this. How do you feel about that? Or do you like when um, your friend is playing this character and saying this and this? How does that make you feel? I think that when I get curious with my kids, oftentimes it brings up things like, no, I don't really like when they say that. Mm -hmm. And then we can have a conversation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. The only thing I would add is if you're going to ask questions like that, if you come across as, because I don't like this, Mm -hmm. then it's going to probably make her feel like she just doesn't want you to see it when they play like that. Mm -hmm. So a couple things here. I, I totally like Felicia. My first instinct is, yeah, oh my gosh, change, change it, change mm-hmm. it. But then I'm trying to think of, I'm channeling, I, I always try to like chan it, chan, I can't even say her name. <laughs> Channel Janet Lansbury and think, okay, hold on. If I'm seeing her as a whole person, our first job as parents, I really believe, I actually think we have two jobs as parents that are, for me, like the highest ones. One is to protect our kids and the second is to love them for who they are. Those are like my two big things. And protecting them is from things that are really dangerous to them. Predators, really strong bullies. However, I think a lot of um, stuff on the internet, but I think a lot of parents see, and she didn't use the word bully here at all, but I've seen a lot of questions come through and I've listened to a lot of people actually ask Jenna Lansbury about this, where they think it's like a really huge issue, but it's really not. It's actually just kids right and so in this situation this is such a good example because the bossiness first of all this is not the first time that your daughter is going to come across bossy people Mm -hmm. so this is where kids learn to navigate this right and asking curious questions is how they figure out how they feel about it and how they feel about being bossy but if you try to like hop in and like make the bossiness not happen it doesn't stop it right Mm -hmm. and then about the like how they're playing again nothing here is like something that you need to protect them from it isn't like a line that's like oh my gosh this is a problem like a really big problem this is just you're not loving how the roles are kind of playing out so i would say we know from psychology that play is how children process things so they're just testing out this right like they're testing out the masculine and feminine roles. Mm -hmm. So whether you agree with those roles or not is one thing, but they're just kind of testing them out through play and play is a really safe place to do it. So Mm -hmm. I would say I would kind of take off the pressure of like, who I got to control this play to make it look like I want it to look Mm -hmm. and know Mm -hmm. that like they are kind of figuring it out. This is a safe place to do it about like crushes and, you know, that kind of stuff and being saved or whatever it is that they're Mm -hmm. playing out. However, I love, I love, 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 I think Felicia hit the, on the magic word, is curious. You're observing. You're not going to, like, shame them, like, oh, my gosh, mm-hmm. that girl in your play was not smart enough. Yeah. Girls are smarter than that, okay? <laughs> they don't need a man to save them, you know? Like, 
if you say it like that, then she's going to be like, oh, I'm embarrassed. And now I just want to, like, make sure my mom doesn't see it if the girl's getting saved or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I think if you can say it curiously and say, so, yeah, how do you feel about that? And just let her check inside of herself. I mean, because they're young and that's a deep conversation. So, I mean, you're probably not going to get into a great in-depth thing about gender roles. But just asking her. And then I think uh, I think our power as parents, honestly, is through curiosity, but our true power is through modeling. So I don't think anything this girl is going to say about a guy being, like, modeling some girl being ditzy is not going to have any power compared to the power you give her by not being a mindless idiot girl, as Mm -hmm. you said, right? Mm -hmm. You being a strong, confident woman who knows yourself and is a whole person, I think is going to have a hundred times more influence than any friend ever can so she'll see the difference and that's what i would focus on the most curiosity in having conversations with her without judgment and because again this is still all safe like this is all still safe stuff we're talking about and two your modeling is going to have the greatest influence of all time over what she sees a woman should be Mm -hmm. and so that's what i say i was going to add to that the modeling um so Having Wes as just a baby, and Terlyn, you have two older daughters. How have you? Uh, I see this, or I've you know I've heard mothers of daughters say it's hard when, you know, like cartoons, movies, all of these things, are. If you're talking about modeling, modeling kind of like the save me mindless like princess, which. I love princesses. Okay. I think I loved those movies growing up. And I, I feel like those movies don't, watching them doesn't mean that you're just going to be a mindless, like, save me. Mm-hmm. But how do you balance that with daughters? Mm-hmm. Because I feel like your daughters are very strong in their abilities. Mm-hmm. Like, they feel confident as mm-hmm. girls. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I love this. I feel like we could actually talk about this for a long time because we're, we're talking now about a deeper concept, right? Gender roles in, in general. Right. So there have been times where, uh, so I feel like as a woman, I want to be a strong whole woman. However, I appreciate when my husband, I mean, my, my girls watch my husband totally save me sometimes. Mm -hmm. Right. And it's romantic and he opens doors for me. And if something breaks, he'll be like, let me fix that. Mm -hmm. Not that I can't fix it. It isn't that I'm like incapable (laughs) <laughs> well, well. <laughs> hold on there are things we do for each other that are our you know what I mean like there are things that I do for him and there are things that he does for me and I think there's nothing wrong within a relationship where you find what ba- what is the balance for you in the masculine and the feminine right and for everybody that looks different so I have no problem with them seeing him and me and how we're modeling like I like how we're modeling our relationship that it doesn't mean that like I never need you, Jeff, right? Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. that we help each other and we're both whole, strong people on our own. So that being said, so that's just one thing. And again, everybody feels differently about that. But in answer to your specific question about modeling then that we see every second in the media, we just have conversations. And again, I try to not lead it with a, did you see how dumb that person was? Mm-hmm. So for example, I've noticed in a lot of sitcoms, and this is another thing about let's limit media right i mean like i don't cut it out because we've we watch movies we love it but um for example there's a few like they're like kid kind of comedy sitcoms that 
the dad, and it's this is common in adult sitcoms too, but the dads are often uh, portrayed as like kind of dumb idiots. And I right? hate that so much. Yeah. Like they're just Bothers aloof. Yeah. The mom, the mom. So it's the opposite of the situation. Mom runs the The mom ship. runs <clears throat> it, is knows what's happening, and the dad's just like aloof. Like I don't know what's happening, and they're just like a comedy piece there. And so I love it when I have conversations. Like I'll point out that Jeff does something, and I'll be like, "Do you notice how he's different than the dad in?" this show Mm -hmm. and just let them observe that there's a difference right like Jeff knows what's happening he knows how to just jump in and like I never have to be like I mean he'll just come home like if if I'm if we're tidying and the tidy's not done when he gets home he just hops in and does it right like he just jumps in with us there's no part of running our household that he couldn't do right Mm -hmm. and when I go places sometimes I sometimes come back and I'm like you did this better than I do seriously (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but I love it that they can see that there is a difference, right? Like, so they can see, and and you can do it without saying, that's bad, this is good. Right. You're just having an open conversation, and they come to that conclusion themselves. Anytime you can get a kid can come to a conclusion on their own, besides, instead of telling them what the moral of the story is, right? It's so much more powerful. So they can say, yeah, daddy's way different than that daddy on the, mm-hmm. on the show. And so I think just having those conversations. Or, I mean, I love it. In Frozen, where they say, you can't just marry a man you just met. Like, I mean, the conversation in general is changing, but it's fun because now when we watch, like, Cinderella, they'll be like, wait, she only met him one night and she wants to marry him? Mm -hmm. And again, I don't have to say, do you think that's a dumb idea? Because I think it's a dumb idea. Mm -hmm. They just, they're like, you can tell they're, like, curious. Mm -hmm. Like, why would you marry somebody if you just met him at a ball, right? And I don't have to go into a long diatribe about it. I can just be like, yeah, yeah. When you guys get married, like... Trust me, you want to know somebody really well, right? <laughs> and you can just leave it at that, you right, know? Because right. they, they're smart. Mm-hmm. So I think just having those conversations and then modeling, modeling, and letting them see the difference. And as I'm saying that, uh, I'm, I'm like hearing you guys, I'm hearing you mm-hmm. say, okay, so what if I don't have, what if I don't, in our home, we don't have a situation where we can model the balance between masculine and feminine. Either you don't have <clears throat> a partner of any kind or maybe your partner isn't modeling what you want and that gets trickier. However, I just want to say that I still think you modeling yourself what you want. So if you're a dad listening to this, you just model who you want a man to be. And if your mom listened to this, you model who you want a woman to be because we can't control our partners and we can't control really anybody else. So when it comes down to it, I think you just modeling what you think is important who you want to be and again I think that's I don't want anybody to listen to this thinking well my husband isn't modeling that or my wife isn't modeling this so what am, am I just stuck and I would say no you're never stuck yeah. you're never trapped you can always model what you want and that influence over your children is going to be huge and you can have open conversations with your kids regardless of what anybody else in your life is doing yeah. so you still have a lot of power that's what I'm saying yeah. and I also love thinking about the balance that you being a strong woman and modeling that doesn't mean you're putting down your husband or men and vice versa because I think sometimes that um, you can you can get in that trap like if if women are powerful then men aren't yeah we need to to build up both. Yeah. Yeah. The discussion of power being finite that we talked about with brave women, mm-hmm. it isn't us having power doesn't take away from men's power and them having power doesn't have to take away from our power. Right. We both have infinite power and they're different 
Mm-hmm. And, and, and even as I say that, it's also different in every situation, right? right. It's just owning your own power. That's all it is. Yeah. Um, I have kind of some thoughts, just mostly, I feel like as I was reading this question from this listener, just kind of going back to the play thing, I've definitely found myself, because I think my, so I'm like wondering what you guys think just with one thing on this, because I feel like sometimes as I was like reading this, I was like, oh, I could totally, even though my kid is a lot small, like younger than her um, little girl. I just think there's sometimes where I think a lot of times I do hang out with other people that have kids that are older. And so sometimes there's like certain things where it's like you're around other kids and it's like, oh, I don't really want them to like take on that behavior, you know, or like I don't really want them to start doing that or this or that. So like there's some of this that as I was reading, I was like, oh, I can totally relate to like not wanting your kid to then like, you know, she doesn't want her little girl to like take on this mindset of, or whatever. So I think along with that, um, I love that you, like, because I feel like one of the things that I thought of was the playful parenting, that it's, like, play is just, like, a way that kids work things out. And so I think, like, when we try to, like, manage play, it doesn't, like, it's so much healthier for our kids to just do it. So I totally agree with that. But I'm wondering, do you guys think there's a way, if you do see behavior, that it's, like, oh, I really don't want them to do it. Do you think it still is just, like, well, they can figure it out and I'll still model good behavior? Or do you think there's, like, a way to, I don't know, because I think sometimes that's what I think is, like, I just don't want him to, like, take that on you know because they do we've all been on a trip with somebody yeah. or even a play date and you come back and your kid's doing the stuff that the other kid was doing and it's like oh no. shut up stupid I butts yeah <laughs> shut up stupid butt whatever even you know even like Hitting. really violent play all that kind of stuff yeah. when I say violent I mean like a lot of shoving or whatever yeah. potty words all mm-hmm. all those things like you know we go somewhere with people and we come back and I'm like Ugh, we caught it yeah <laughs> caught the, the, the contagion <laughs> has been passed and yet then it fades, and you just keep yes. modeling and doing your thing. Yep. With the exception of if you ever think that something is unsafe. Unsafe. Or wildly inappropriate. You know, if you're like, this has crossed my boundary. But honestly, even with, I mean, with with hit, those things we just mentioned, the even taking toys, that even is a little. You'll notice when, right. you, when you play with another kid who takes a ton of toys, when you get home, your kid's going to be taking some toys right. for a little bit. Or, like, pushing. Because right now, like, 18 months old, it's, like, pushing, shoving. Right. Like, yeah. that's, like, another thing where it's, like, oh, I don't I don't really want him to do that. But then it's, like, but, yeah. you know, I don't know. Yeah. But I think it's probably just all part of growing up and accepting that. But you respond to all those things, right? So it isn't like you're not responding to these things. If your kid is hitting, you're still going to walk up and say, I won't let you hit you, and you're going to move your kid to a safe space. Mm-hmm. If your kid is saying things that you don't want, we've talked a lot about potty words, but you can either choose to not say anything, or you can choose to say, when my kids are, when my boys are with friends, I'll say the, ooh, can you guys think of an even funnier word that's like even more funny? Like use your, use your smart brains to figure it out. And even if they're little friends, like my son's not even embarrassed by it, but I am clearly redirecting the conversation and they come up with hilarious words, right? Mm -hmm. Chicken flop face doodle, I think is my favorite. Yeah. And so, I mean, so sometimes I will redirect if I'm like, okay, this is getting a little out of hand guys, Mm -hmm. but I don't do it in like a come in. Cause again, they're just going to go in, then they're just going to like run into the other room. And, yeah. and I want them to be playing where I can hear them and know that I'm, I might redirect, but anyway, so, yeah. so I think just knowing that, yes, your kids are going to pick up behaviors from other kids. And that is why this is a good time to review that people think that kids being around other kids all the time is necessary for their socialization. 
And yes, it's good to have your kids around other kids. But most research studies that I've read say that it is how your parents interact with the world and your connection with your parents that predicts your future sociability. So if I, how I interact with people around me and how deeply connected I am with my own children and as they watch me, that's going to have way more effect on how they are as adults and teenagers and older kids than how much time I give them with their wild counterparts. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. So it's just, I think sometimes we overemphasize that need but knowing that it's actually us who's teaching them their social skills. And I think, I think that it's totally true. I think, I mean, my kids' behavior now as they get older, I'm impressed the most with the things they do that I see them. It's from me, not from their friends. Right. Right. Totally. Which and now they're applying it mm-hmm. to their friends. And they, I see them treating them, but it, they didn't learn that from their four-year-old <laughs> Yeah, you know, like right. that just isn't how it yeah. goes. So anyway, I thought that was an interesting <clears throat> concept, and it kind of lets you off the hook of being like, first yeah. of all, it just gives you more. Po- you just know the power that you have. That as long as you keep focusing on connection with your child, then and yeah. and how are you treating people? Right. <laughs> that's really where you need to. That's like your main primary focus. Yeah. And just to be clear, yeah, I think like the behavior that I'm talking about is like pretty tame just normal toddler behavior that it's like but you oh, still don't, I don't love that kid. you know but yeah exactly but I feel it's like undesirable it's unpleasant yeah, totally and I think one thing that I think you said Felicia because I like I was like man like what are you like a, this was probably a couple months ago but I do really like the thought that it's like all of our kids are going to do something or lots yes. of things that yes. it's like oh crap like I don't love that yeah and your kid might be the one that <laughs> like is maybe spreading but it's like you know what that's just part of being a toddler yeah. is you just and guess what? It doesn't end. Yeah. So my daughter is 12, and we just had, it was a group, you know, we, we host little friends, and one of them, who usually doesn't come, she came, and she, just the way she was talking about boys was totally different. Like, I feel like my girls and their friends are just so, you know, like, they're talking about, like, unicorns and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and she was like, you know, I have this guy at school that I like, and anyway... But I liked it because they were totally open with me about it. Like, as she was talking, right. and, I mean, like, I was like, Ooh, Yeah, uh, I don't know. Mom cringe. But, again, still within the realm. Like, I didn't feel like there was anything I actually had to protect from. This is, like, normal, normal part of growing up. Talking about boys. But I, I was thrilled that they were willing to, like, talk about it in front of me. And had I come in and been like, Okay, if Shut you have a down. boyfriend, then you are out. Like, mm-hmm. you can't even play here. You're you're you know? <laughs> we're, we're not doing that right now. Then it would have just shut it down completely, right? And I would have just cut myself out of that communication. Yeah. So for me, it's like I want to be part of it. For me, I want to maintain the communication. So, and it's hard because it does, I mean, it's hard because some of it's like, yeah, if I were to choose, I would choose my kids only into unicorns until they're 18. Mm-hmm. But I can't, totally. right? right. Totally. So how can we just be connected, model, and then protect from the things that we feel like that we need to have hard boundaries about? But, I mean, so what you're talking about as a two-year-old, I'm still doing with a 12-year-old, but it's just different subjects. Right. right? Yeah. We're not worrying about pushing in potty words anymore. Right. We're worrying about different things. Yeah, totally. And if your personality is to be more direct, which I feel like sometimes mine is, like I want them to know my stance on things instead of, just have it be th- sometimes I feel like can okay, modeling and I know that's the strongest, but I need to say this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I agree yeah. with that. And so I like to focus on, and this is actually from 
is something that has often come into my mind that Caitlin and Terlin and my husband's mom, Jeannie, who we've talked about a lot, did, and that was in our family. So it's mm-hmm. like an identity in our family. Mm-hmm. We don't do this. Yes. And I, I really, I often think back to her doing that and think, man, they, it was like their own little tribe and it was like an identity. Yeah. You guys didn't do that because yeah. you didn't do that in your family. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And I, and I don't know if that's always the answer, but sometimes if I use that, you know, in, in our family, in the Allen family, we don't do that. Yeah. And my kids really are like, oh, oh, they kind of latch onto it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That strong pull towards family identity. This is part of who I am. Works. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like unity. That. I'm glad you clarified that. Because I feel like as I was talking, it was more like, just talk about it and model it, but don't judge with that curiosity. I mean, with curiosity, without judgment. But I think that that's an important thing. There are a lot of times where it's like, and I love when I hear my kids say, right. we don't do that. Mm-hmm. Like. Yeah, other people do that, but we don't do that. And right. I think that is important. It creates unity. And, and if identity. you were doing that all the time, your kids would probably push against it. Like, uh-huh. use it for select things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. But things that are really important to you. Right. Yeah. We include, Griffins include other right. people. And we don't, and as my kids get older, like, I love it when <laughs> the same, the same actually little girl, she was playing a song and it had a, a word in it that we don't say. And Lydia was like, oh, yeah, yeah, we don't, we don't listen to that. You know? <laughs> like, This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply from Monica. She says, "Hello, I have a question and was one and was hoping you all could guide me to an answer. My 3 almost 4-year-old has a tendency to continue to do something even when I say, "Please don't do that." Example, I put chapstick on her lips and explained why she needed needed to not lick it off, but sure enough, she just kept licking it <laughs> licking it. I'm sure you have answered a question similar but before, but I couldn't find it. Another example, she was in the bathtub the other night and she was trying the bubbles. So I told her, hey, please don't try the bubbles. They will make you sick. Like eating the bubbles. Yeah. Yeah. And she kept grabbing handfuls of bubbles and shoving them in her mouth. As she kept eating them, I kept telling her to stop and realize she was going to continue to do it opposite of what I asked. Yesterday, she was with my sister-in-law and she had buttons in her hands. My sister-in-law asked her to give them to her and my daughter ignored her. And then all of a sudden put her hand up in the air and slowly dropped them on the floor. I like love these stories because it's just like so classic. Just like all of them dropping. Um, Slowly dropping the floor. She did pick them up afterwards, but it was just the fact that she completely ignored my sister-in-law's instructions. I understand she's testing boundaries, but I just don't know how to get her to listen. Okay, this, I love all of these because, <laughs> first of all, I feel like, I don't know, I have, again, a kid that's younger than this, but there's always times where I'm like, oh, 
that's not like I don't want that and there's just like so many little behaviors I think the first thing that I thought of is and there's so many behaviors where I totally relate like I don't know the chapstick first of all sometimes Emmett will bring me a chapstick and like <laughs> for me to put it on him and he just like has his tongue out the whole time like as I'm like putting it around his little tongue's just like licking it, it. is a snack so, yeah <laughs> which I mean chapstick's pretty delicious so yeah. I totally get it um I think like my first thought with this is sometimes and like for me Emmett's my only one right now it's so easy to become kind of myopic or like nearsighted when you're the parent especially at least for me like the parent of one kid because it's just like he's the only one I'm pretty focused on him and so I think like sometimes it's really easy to get sucked into like certain you know like issues or things that I'm running into where I'm like oh my gosh like he's he's just doing this and like I don't know why he's doing it and I'm not sure like what the problem is and like I think sometimes it's really good though because I feel like even when he was a brand new I would come to Terilyn and Felicia and my mom and be like okay this is what's happening. Is this something that I even need to worry about? Or can I just like let this go? And most of the time they, you know, they'd give me some thoughts or suggestions, but then it'd be like, you know what? It's okay. Like you can just let that go. And sometimes it's nice. Cause it's like when you are in the middle of it and it is your day to day, it feels like sometimes little things feel like a big deal. Cause you're seeing it every day. And I think sometimes it's easy to chalk it up to maybe something bigger. It's like, Oh my gosh, she's being so defiant. You yeah. Know, like, she's never going to listen to me yeah, like, in her life. What's the deal here? Right. And I think so it's kind of, at least for me, it's really easy to get sucked into like, this is a, a major issue here. Mm-hmm. But I think sometimes taking a step back, sometimes it takes maybe asking other people, like just kind of like getting maybe like a grounding zone of like, okay, is this as big of a deal as I'm thinking it is? And maybe sometimes it's even just asking yourself, like, let me take a step back here. Hold on. Like, mm-hmm. is this chapstick as big, as big a deal as I'm thinking it is? Mm-hmm. Or is it okay? And can I just let it go? Mm-hmm. Totally. I agree with that. And to that point, I think exactly what Caitlin's saying, if you can adjust your expectations towards what your three, almost four-year-old is going to do, you can give yourself a little, like, breathing room. I don't know. So take a step back. Uh, I think it's, for me, I would think, why wouldn't I, if I'm a kid, if I put myself in their shoes, the chapstick tastes good. I want to lick it. The bubbles are cool. They pop in my mouth when I try to bite them. So if you can kind of get in their little kid mind, I think you'll have more empathy towards what she's doing. And then if there are things that are really bothering you, if you really feel concerned that the bubbles are going to make her sick, you could not put bubbles in the tub. Remove these situations. So the chapstick, just don't put chapstick on her. If that's really frustrating you that she's licking it, sometimes I see repetitive things that are bothering me with my kids, but I can just remove the conflict altogether. Mm-hmm. Um and then also, and you can do vaseline if you, they still really need something, but right. something that doesn't taste good. Right. Mm-hmm. If their lips are, I put, I put, um, if my kids' lips are chapped, I always put Aquaphor or whatever on, in their sleep. Oh. Because they, my kids are actually the opposite. They don't, they don't want any lotion, any chapstick, anything. They hate it all. Mm. And so it would be like a wrestling match. But sometimes their lips will be really chapped. So you like sneak it in there. So at night I go in and just. <laughs> <laughs> It's like a secret little parent win. I'm like, (laughs) you will have soft, supple lips. (laughs) Kids do get chapped lips sometimes. Oh, and sometimes they get cracky. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And then the last little bit of a suggestion I would get would be give would be be 
be selective on your nose. Because yeah. it could be that you're in this trap of not wanting her to, telling her not to do a lot of things. And I feel like when you get in that trap, kids just like push, push it off of that. Mm-hmm. So just anything you can say yes to, go to the yes and save the nose for really big stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. The only thing I, I love everything you guys said. The only thing I would say to add to that is uh, we just talked about the four tendencies if, an episode or two ago. And... Um, all kids have a rebel tendency in them, mm-hmm. right? They are literally testing their power. Mm-hmm. So what you can use that works very well on small children is the recipe of information, consequence, choice. Information, consequence, choice. Just those three things. So in these situations, first of all, can I just say, I, if this were me talking to myself, I would say all these situations that you just mentioned, I would just let go. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I like licking chapstick, and the more you focus on it, the more she's gonna lick it. Mm-hmm. But I get it. Like I'm, I'm with, I'm with what you guys said about like, and eating bubbles. I think I ate so many bubbles as a kid, <laughs> and it never made me sick. So yeah. I actually would just let him go. Yeah. However, that being said, um, what you're talking about here is you're feeling like she's not doing what you want, right? In fact, you're you're saying that when she you say no, she just does the opposite. <laughs> So first of all, I just want—I want, I just want you to know this is so normal. Totally so just normal. Pat yourself on the back, saying I have a normal child. Second, though, if you do the, that recipe, how how that would look is, it would look like, um, you know, I want you to leave the chapstick on your lips because the consequence is it's going to help your lips not be chapped. If you keep licking it off, your lips are going to be dry, <laughs> right? That's the consequence. Mm-hmm. So you're not, you're not enforcing some arbitrary consequence. Like you have to sit on time out if you lick your lips or mm-hmm. whatever. You know what I mean? Like you don't have to, you don't have to punish natural. her for this. Mm-hmm. It's just if you lick the chapstick off, it will be off. Mm-hmm. And you won't have, you'll get chapped lips. Um, and then the choice is then you just let it go. Yeah. So, you, so I'm not saying don't give information and consequences. I'm just saying there's a possibility then you can just let it go. And it's not even a power struggle anymore. So yeah. she loses the desire to do it over and over and over because... Except for the chapstick. Well, and the bubbles. They're both they both are appealing. <laughs> um, but she might it won't be such a thing anymore, right? Mm. So just information, consequence, choice. How that would look with bubbles is I see you're eating the bubbles. They feel really cool in your mouth. So you're starting with empathy, right? They I bet they feel really cool in your mouth when they pop. I'm worried that if you eat too many bubbles, it might make your stomach not feel good. Again, that being said, I don't know if that's true, because my, my kids and I have eaten a lot of bubbles <laughs> and I think it's okay, but I don't know. <laughs> I'm not a doctor. So you could say that you don't know, but that might be a thing. And, but again, I wouldn't, I wouldn't put an arbitrary consequence on it. I wouldn't be like, if you keep eating bubbles, then I'm going to never let you have a bubble bath again or whatever. Right. I would just say, that's why I don't want you to eat them. And then just give her the choice and mm-hmm. not even say it again. And I, I guarantee that she's going to eat a lot less bubbles. Yeah. Right? Because nobody's going like, well, nobody nobody's gonna to eat a lot of bubbles. <laughs> like, you just eat some and it's done. But if you're saying somebody's saying no, you're, she's going to eat a lot more bubbles mm-hmm. if you're saying no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Over and over. Okay. She's going to be like, yes, these bubbles are delicious. Yeah. <laughs> it's like when you say you can't have chocolate cake. You eat a whole cake. Whereas if you just, I'm going to enjoy this chocolate cake, you eat a piece and you're like, I'm satisfied. Mm-hmm. So my, my prediction is that she'll be satisfied with her bubble eating. <laughs> if she doesn't feel that like power satiated. struggle, she'll be satiated yeah. by a bite or two uh-huh. and then be done. And then, so anyway, so that'd be my only thing is just add in that recipe of information, consequences, choice. And again, don't misunderstand me here. I'm not saying to enforce arbitrary consequences. I'm just saying 
there are cons- and the the buttons. Oh my gosh! Just so you know, we all laughed when we read this question because we have all had our children so many times do the. They're holding something. They look you directly in the eye with the hand up and just slowly open up the fingers. <laughs> you know, just like I will, yeah. I will not do what you're saying. Just or the cup. You have a cup in front of you, and they just look at you and just slowly pour, just it, pour it, out. it out. Like, what yeah. you gonna do about this, mom? What you gonna do? And they're they're testing you. Are you yeah. gonna freak out, or are you gonna say, "Wow, you made a mess. Mm-hmm. How do we clean up messes? Here's yep. a towel. Oh, I see you're having a hard time." Let me take a tattoo and we'll do it together. You know, like you're yeah. you're just walking through. You're unruffled. You're not upset by it. The button in this situation, the buttons are on the floor. Wow, you dropped the buttons. What do we do? We pick them up. Yeah. And if she starts, and if she holds back on that too, then you just say, "Here, we're cleaning up together." And you sing sing a cleanup song, and it's not even a big deal. You're yeah. modeling it, and eventually she's gonna get to the point where she picks up her own buttons really well. You yeah. Know? It sounds like she did here, and she did. I so think, congratulations, actually. So that's actually pretty. She good. dropped the buttons and then cleaned them up. So well done. But I actually think something that I love, because oh my gosh, that is like kind of story of my life. I feel like there's something every day where I'm like, hey, like don't, you know, like he has this broom. I'm like, don't slam it on the ground. Of course, he like goes over and like watches me as he does it. I'm like, <laughs> but then it gets. But I love that Janet Lansbury said something in her book. I think it's No Bad Kids. So it's yeah, that one. And she says something like, they're gonna test the boundaries, and then they're gonna try testing the boundaries. What happens if I do this when you're tired? What happens when I do this when I'm tired? What happens if I do this when you're hungry? Like, Mm -hmm. they're going to test it. So it's like, even though you've set a boundary with certain things, I love that she's like, that doesn't actually mean, like, they still are going to test it because that's what they do. Mm -hmm. And so I think even just knowing that, that it's like, if your kid does test boundaries, what Terlin said, that means they're normal. And, like, that's a really normal part of behavior of just like, okay, well, she said that she wanted me to give her the buttons. And if I drop them... What will happen? You know, like, what is she going to do? Is she going to freak out? So, and I I feel like there's a few behaviors that I can think of off the top of my head where I'm like, I don't know what to do with them, but I have to remind myself that it's like, don't, yeah, don't give it attention. It's okay. And it's okay that he's testing these boundaries. This is like part of his little developmental phase. Mm -hmm. And that's helpful for me to realize that that's totally part of what they're doing right now. So, yeah, I agree. All right. So we have one more question. And that is, we have had a lot of people ask um, us to share affirmations we do with our kids. Um, Okay, so this is a question. I'll just read it. Evie says, I was wondering if you can share with me what affirmations you have your kids say to themselves or affirmations you tell them yourself. And what is your routine for this? I have four and two-year-old boys. Thanks in advance for your time. So Terrell's going to share her affirmations. I have already shared mine, but Carolyn hasn't shared her full affirmation. Yes. I told you guys how I do it, but I haven't mm-hmm. told you my actual words. I've got a lot of people asking me for them. So I will put them if you go to findthemagic.co and go to this episode, or and it's also in our show notes. Well, it won't be in our show notes on iTunes, so you have to go to the actual website. Mm-hmm. But, um, but I will link that URL on our show notes to this episode. So if you just go to that button you'll click it um so what I did is I just years ago I just chose my favorite words that I really wanted my kids to have deep in their souls that they are I just wanted them the point of affirmations is to have it deeply in your subconscious that you don't even it's like a just a truth that's there you don't have to like question whether or not you're worthy or lovable because you just know you are right and so um, something that my husband when he does affirmations with our kids that's really fun um, he'll have them stand in like a circle and do a power pose and say, you know, I am brave. And we just go in a circle a few times. 
We haven't done it for a while, but it is fun when he leads that. But what I do, and this I do every time I put them to bed. So, uh, so me and my husband actually switch off every night, so they get this every other night. But I tickle their backs, and I am not going to sing it because I'm not a singer. They get to hear my voice singing, but you guys, I will spare you. <laughs> um, but I just tickle their backs, and it's cute because they all—I mean, all four of them—they like lay around me, and I just tickle their backs. And I put these words to the song of Amazing Grace because it's one of my favorite songs of all time. And these are the words: I say, "You're smart, kind, and loving, brave, bright." and beautiful because I used to just have girls now I say beautiful and then we all like laugh and they sing and handsome (laughs) (laughs) or I'll say and handsome and they'll say and beautiful so it's like a little add-on there you're happy healthy and a hard worker you're righteous valiant and spiritual your brain heart and eyes are perfect your immune and digestive systems are too your body and spirit are whole and loved, and I'll always love you. And then I say, and I hum this little tune, and then I say, I love you, and God loves you. You live a long, healthy life, and you always use your power for good. Lala Salama, I'll love you forever, sweet dreams. Mm-hmm. And Lala Salama is sweet dreams in Swahili, because mm-hmm. I went to Africa after high school. And I fell in love with that phrase. So that's what I say, and it's cute. Sometimes they sing it with me. My four-year-old usually sings it with me, and the other three usually just listen. Oh, but, cute. I mean, it's locked in all of our brains forever because it's just the same thing over and over and over and over. And I call it a love bath. I don't call it affirmations to them. I call it a love bath because mm-hmm. as I'm tickling them, I just want them to feel just, like, totally covered in love. I want to that feeling of when you're in a tub and it's warm and you're just all surrounded, that's how I want it to feel with love. Mm-hmm. I just want them to feel going to bed that they're just been bathed in love. So so every night when we do it, you know, we do our books and we do a love bath and the snuggles. And so it's cute because I just love hearing their little voices say, oh, it's love bath time. Mm-hmm. And it's cute. So those are my words and I will put them on our website. And uh, me and Cameron actually do like little affirmations with, Emmett. Cameron always says the same thing he always says. You're a force for good. I love you so much. You're so lucky to have your mom. And then that's like all he says. But he says that every night. And then I I do say like some of the same things like he- you're healthy and strong. But it's cute. Usually as we're getting him ready, I'll just tell him all the things that I love about him. And it usually ends up being the same thing. So I'm like, I love your eyes. And like they work perfect. And then usually with everything I tell him that I love, I just say the things that they're like working perfectly and Mm -hmm. your brain is developing and growing. So I just say it. And it's really cute because I feel like he just walks, like he's so intent. He just like Mm -hmm. watches me the whole time. You tell he's like locked in. Like, Mm. because sometimes like he might be kind of like a little rambunctious before bed. But then like as soon as we start into the process, he just like, and sometimes me and Cam will like switch off between like, he'll say something he loves and then I'll switch off and he'll just like look back and forth. So it's really cute because... Mine is 18 months old, but I feel like we've been doing it since he was a baby. And I mean, even when he was just a really little baby, it felt like he was like still like with it. So I feel like you can do this like when they're brand new babies. And I feel like it's really beneficial. So I also would say the note that we all do it at, well, I also do affirmations at bedtime. And I think it's cool to, um, see how it affects them even though they aren't saying it. Mm -hmm. So sometimes um, we think affirmations, the the kids need to be like repeating it back or like reciting it. But just hearing us tell them, it's absorbing into their little brains and they are remembering it. So it doesn't have to be like 
an act that they have mm-hmm. to do. Mm-hmm. They don't have to. I'm sure they all have it memorized, mm-hmm. you know, because we yeah. say it every single night. It's being absorbed, but you can, like, give them that, that gift of affirmations um, just by saying it to them. So I love that. All right. Well, amazing questions. Thank you. And remember that you can send us questions um, on Instagram. We're at Find the Magic Podcast. Or we love it when you leave your questions in a review because that helps us as we help you. All right. Let's find the magic. <clears throat> me, 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 me. <laughs> Brown cows. <laughs>